Remain standing as I read the word of God just for a quick second. Go to Philippians. I promise you I'm going to be very nice tonight. Since you all came back. Thank you, Lord. You read the whole third chapter of Philippians, the third chapter. Paul talks about his life and he has only one purpose, is to know God. But in order to do that, verse 12 says, Not that I have already attained, or I am already perfected, but I press on. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also laid hold of me. Verse 14 say, I press on. My message tonight is time for us to press on. Not only press on, press through. Press in. In Jesus name. Go ahead and have your seats please. Let me give you a couple of, couple of stories to set up the stage. Uh, back in the days, there was one man, he, he was driving in some different state. And he kept on driving, kept on driving. Uh, he had no clue what was going on. He didn't know where he was, what was going on. So he happened to see one little kid riding his bike. So he pulled up next to the kid. Stop there. Roll the window down. Oh, back in the days. Roll the window down. Not push your window down. <laughs> and say, hey little boy. I want you to help me. Yes sir, what can I do for you? I'm lost. I don't know where I am. I don't know where I am. A little boy smile at you. You don't know where you are. No, I don't know where I am. And the little boy looked at him and said, You are here. Oh, it will come to you tomorrow morning. I'm glad you are here. I'm glad you are here. People have always asked me why I am so intense. I, I, I have a reason for it. There is a man of God. He will be 89 years old Tuesday. He pastored one church for 55 years in Tulsa. He has seen about four or five generations. He's going to celebrate his birthday, so I have invited him. It's amazing, amazing for me to hang around with the Baptist pastor. Because the other one are too flaky. Sorry. Uh, and this is what he told me one time. Again back in the days when they had a stagecoach. I'm answering a question. Why I am so intense. There was a stagecoach living from California. Probably going somewhere east. And they had to go to. Death Valley and desert and so on and so forth. And there were a lot of people around there. And there was one little guy, 10 year old. I mean, it got hot. The food was running out. The water was running out. The hot wind was blowing. And they were all complaining and carrying on so and so. They let it keep on just smiling, smiling, smiling. One day, two days. So the old dude couldn't... Uh, so he looked at the little boy and he said, why are you always smiling? He said, you in the same stagecoach? We're going through the same hot air and heat and food and all these things, dust and dirt and all that. Why are you always smiling? And the little guy said, so sir, it is like this. I know I'm not denying that we are going through all these things. But you know what? When I go to New York, my father 
is waiting for. That's the reason I go through whatever I'm going through because my heart desire is this journey for me from earth to heaven. One of these days will be over and all I can go through hell and high water no matter what happens because God has promised me I will see my Savior face to face. When this journey is over, he will be there waiting for me to receive me. Well done. Thy faithful servant enter into the joy. And I tell you what, man of God said yesterday, today we are closer to heaven than yesterday. That's why I'm so intense. That's why I don't complain. That's why I don't care who comes against me or not. It don't make no difference. Get out of my way. I'm on my way to heaven. That's why I'm smiling. You might not know that I'm smiling, but I am. <laughs> press on, press through. Back in the days, I can, I can preach this message and work the crowd like nobody's business. Just to give you an illustration. The Lord spoke to Moses in Exodus, 30, uh, Exodus 14. He said, what's wrong with you? Why are you complaining? Red Sea. He said, what's your problem? Press through. Moses. Don't complain too much. This is our biggest problem. This is our biggest problem. We complain too much. Do something. And God said, I gave my son. I gave you the power. I gave you the power and the fire. Do something about it yourself. We can talk about walls of Jericho. Hmm. What you all complaining about? Do what you do. I mentioned about David. There is giant. A giant is there standing between you and your destiny. And you're asking God to do something about it when you can kick him to the curb and get to your destiny. Amen. I didn't hear nobody say amen. Giant is nothing but just blocking your blessings. Your destiny, do something about it. You got the goods. But I can talk about uh, uh, those four lepers. Why sit here till we die? Body of Christ just sitting around and dying. As a man of God, I have stopped here to tell you, why sit here till we die? Let's not go back there and get nothing. Let us go into our enemy's camp because your blessings, your healing, everything, man of God said this morning, it's all paid for. The enemy is holding it. You go and get it. And as they walked, as they walked, God moved. As they walked, angels moved. And they got their miracle. Why sit here we die? Press on, press through, press in. Don't give up. Or I can bring you in the a, in a New Testament and tell you about Mark the second chapter. When Jesus came in a house, power of God was present. There was one paralyzed man and four friends. See, all you need is four friends. Who don't care? They went through up and down hills and mountains came there. Huh? Oh, you cannot get in. Don't tell me what I cannot do. You will have to find a way to touch God tonight. Throw the roof down. That's the kind of boys you want around you. Well, on my Facebook, I had 2,000 uh, followers. They're all nuts. They're all crazy. They ain't got a clue. And here you go. Put all your business. That's my biggest trouble with my kids in, a, uh, in my church. I always tell them, you put all your business to 2,000 knuckleheads who don't know what is going on. Can't even help you. And all you have to do is just get in the face of God. He got the answer. You don't need no Facebook. You need to get on your face and touch God.
They don't know left from right. I got 2,000 friends. They're all idiots like you. People ask me, are you on Facebook? No. Don't want to be. Well, how would you get across? Don't worry about it. It's God's job to get the message out. Or you can be like a woman in Mark the 5th chapter. Then lost everything, grew worse. But since says, it don't make no difference. I will press on, press through. If I cannot touch him, I will touch that which is touching him. Oh Lord, I say the mouthful. It will come to you tomorrow morning. If you cannot touch God, touch me. I'm going to be all right. So I can, I just, I can just work you over and you ah, go home. Ain't nothing happening. That's what, that's what all we have done all these years. Got all people emotionally excited and all that. There ain't no foundation. But I'm here to lay the foundation to let you know you can, you have no choice but to press on and press through tonight. So before I give you about four or five points, how to go about, I'm just going to make some, some statements. We all have failing past. And dissatisfied with your present. So you got a choice now. You got to do something about it. I wrote this one down. I am satisfied with Jesus, but I'm not satisfied with myself. I have a holy dissatisfaction. Holy dissatisfaction is very crucial for my progress. If you're not satisfied, oh, I'm fine coming to church on Sunday. I ain't talking to you. I come once in a month. I ain't talking to you. Well, I give when it is convenient. You out. I pray when I get in trouble. I'm not talking to you all. I am talking about you know what God has called you to do. And you, can't, you just can't. I'm talking to you. If there is that holy dissatisfaction. Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. And I will satisfy. I'm here to tell you. God will satisfy a hungry soul. A thirsty soul. All those who are contained. Don't want nothing gone. I got no time for you. Neither does God. Sorry. Second Corinthians 4 and 8. The mic was talking about Paul. We are hard pressed on every side. We are hard pressed on every side. See, many ain't doing nothing. There ain't nobody pressing on you. Just talk to me and Brother Mike and Pastor. We, we know what a pressure is. Back in the younger days, uh, I used to lift weights. And the do, you know, they, they, those who walk like a rooster, you know what I'm talking about. Them jokers can do a warm up with 225. And he came here to me. He said, Pastor, uh, we got to do something with you. I said, What? He said, We're going to start you with a bar, a 45 pound bar. And he's looking at me, and here I am. And that little fool told me, When that one put the pressure on you, you got to. Press it back. That's what I come here to tell you. If the devil puts a pressure on you, press it back. That will put some spiritual muscles on you. And guess what? Everybody was laughing at me. And I said, boy, you ain't got no job. You live in the gym, so leave me alone. <laughs> well, it will come to you later on. 
But I started out there. Then I put a five pound and ten pound tip. It took me almost a year to put two forty-five plates, and then we did it. But thing is this: while you on on the bench, huh, that weight is just crushing on you. Weight just crushing on you. Just downright get mad. Ah! Push it. Back. That's what I want you to do. You are a child of God. You are a royal priesthood. You are a soldier in the army of God. Why you want this thing? Paul said that. We are pressed on every side. But it's not going to crush us. Press back. Push back. Push back. Push back. Why I am so intense. Too much is left undone. We got a short. Everybody talks. Oh, he might come today. Then why are you lazing around and doing nothing? Jesus said, when I come, will I find you on fire for God? Everybody says, oh, oh, he might come today. He might come... He ain't coming after you. He's coming after the red hot folks. Too much. And like Pastor Michael, Brother Michael talking this morning about America, this election. Everybody got right but me. They all want tolerate, tolerance, tolerance. But they don't tolerate me. Just to give you one example, uh, my son, his wife, we had a professional team in Tulsa, basketball, WNBA. And she worked with them. And they will invite some pastors, pastors to pray. And so the PR people from the Tulsa shock called me. Say, hey, Pastor Stephen, how are you doing? How wonderful. He said, we want you to come and pray this Friday night before the game. I said, sure, I will do, but I have to ask you a question. I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus. And they said, well, uh, we rather you not pray in the name of Jesus. I say, this conversation is over. He said, well, but many other pastors had come and prayed in the name of, uh, I said, they are not pastors. You're talking to a holy man of God, and it is not a prayer until you say in the name of Jesus, that's where prayer is. In Tulsa, all them jokers, sorry, all them ministers uh, want to have all faith uh, meetings. The Hindu comes over there, the Muslim comes there, the Buddhists come and they invited me. Are you going? No. Why? I'm going to take a stand. Man, you arrogant. I am not arrogant. I'm serious about my right. I'm going to speak in the name of Jesus. If you cannot preach in the name of Jesus, you are not praying. We have some homosexuals come in my church. We don't throw them out. But when they come in, we tell the truth. I'm not in numbers. Oh, you all come and all of you are going to heaven. Uh See, this number games, the money game, the business. No, it ain't going to happen. All I am saying, I'm intense because the enemy is pushing. Enemy is pushing and want to take the church out. You know what they want to do? John the Baptist, the greatest among the prophets, he said, I am the voice of God and the final assignment of the devil is to shut the voice of a prophet. And that's what they are doing. They are not prophets. They are hirelings. You cannot pay me enough. We got to speak up the truth. Well, but you got to speak in love. Huh? Speaking love.
If the house is on fire, your son is in there about to burn. Would you call say, Little Tommy, oh, daddy love you. Come on out. You go crazy. You almost curse. Get your out of house. Huh? So, so that's the love I'm talking about. So uh, don't tell me I'm too hard. I'm not too hard. Hell is too hard. Heaven is too good. Eternity is too long for me to play with your soul in order to get along. I ain't going to get along with nobody. I'm going to be thorn in your side and a prick in your eyes. Well, what, what about them? What about Jesus? Leave Jesus alone. You don't want Jesus to come here and knock all of you out. It would be funny if Jesus comes and knocks this devil out. Say, you bunch of hypocrite. You don't want the prophet, John the Baptist, bunch of snakes. At least I ain't that bad. Almost there, but. What are you saying, pastor? Huh? Everybody has the voice but the church. Be too much concerned about how many numbers have big buildings, big TV program, money, money, money. You better get away. You got to stand. And when you speak in the wilderness, they will find you in the wilderness. That's what I was talking to you last night. Don't worry about that. You are in Norfolk. The devil is going to hurt so bad these people. They will have no choice but to find an answer. An answer, we have it. Politicians don't. We have the answer. But you got to speak up. That's why I'm so intense. There is too much to be done. And we don't have a lot of time but a short time. That's why I was talking last night in Colossians 1 and 29. Colossians 1 29. Paul said, I got to preach this gospel to all the nation. That's why I am striving. But we don't. To press on means to follow after. You are running so fast, swiftly, so you can catch up with God. Bible says in the last days, behold, I will do a speedy work. If God is doing a speedy work, why are you slowpoke Rodriguez and taking your time? Let me tell you something, folks. You might not like it, but if you won't get with the program, God ain't, God ain't going to stop and baby you. Would you get your act together? God is on the move, folks, and you better get with what he is doing or you will be here. People don't want to hear this. Come and tell me, lay hands on me, prophesy over me. What am I going to prophesy? That you are a nut? No. To press on means to focus. Just like these guys, you know, when they're going after that prey, when that uh, deer, with I don't know how many points, them jokers will jump on the fence and run through the mud and all that. They're chasing. Why don't you chase after God like that? Hello? That's what it means. Press on. Let me say something when I talk about press on. I am talking about the plan is progress, not perfection. The plan is progress, not perfection. Ain't nobody perfect. You heard this morning from Apostle. Jesus is the only one. Huh? Nobody is perfect. But the plan is progress, not perfection. And here we go. Jesus said, John 16, 33. In this world, you have tribulation. 
you have problems. But good cheer, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So why do we have a face look like you got up and suck a lemon? Some people in my church, huh? I don't even ask them how was they doing. If they see coming this way, I find somewhere to go here. I don't want to hear how you do. Uh, from the head to the toe is hurting. And the cat died and something wrong with the dog and the kids. Get away from me. Complaints. The Lord said, in this world, you will have problems you wouldn't have. Tribulation, but smile. Because I'm giving you a power and a fire. What am I supposed to do? Don't ask me. You sang the song. I didn't. You sang the song. Lord, I cast all my care on you. Didn't you all just sing something like this? So why are you complaining? Either you cast or you didn't. Or you cast and took it with you on your way out. As a pastor, as a minister, let me tell you something. This journey is not for a wimp. Jesus never did say it. He said, you want to follow me? Listen. Deny. Take up your cross. Give up all. And follow me. He's looking for a few good men. Life. Is full of obstacles. Hindrance. Pain. Betrayal. But like Paul. huh? Embrace them. Don't run from it. Because you know what? Paul already said. We are more than conquerors. Through the one. Who filled me. With the power. And the fire. David said, I can run through your troop and leap over a wall. And us, oh, there's a troop, there's a wall, let's go somewhere. It don't go happen in these last days. In these last days. Do not quit. And don't give up, my friend. Just because trouble, pressure comes, don't give up. Night. As a limit. Weeping may endure for a night. But I'm here to tell you. Sure enough. Morning will come with a shout. Morning will come a shout. If you don't give up. Don't give up. Stay with it. Stay with it. Stay with it. Like I said last night. Second Timothy 2 and 3. Like a good soldier. I don't know why he wrote a good there. Because there are so many soldiers in the body of Christ. They ain't good. Oops. They're just there. But it's like a good soldier in your hardship. So that you can please the one who enlisted you. My assignment is to please God and nothing else. And our job is uh, we please everybody else and don't even worry about God. No. Press on, press on, press on. Press on. And I have one guy. I know one guy. He was, listen to this young man. He was playing keyboard for 22 years. He's 49 years old. And he told me, oh, pastor, uh, I need a time out. I've been playing it for 22 years. Now the fool is talking to a man who is preaching for 40 years. A 49-year-old guy, he's talking to a 66-year man, young man, telling me, uh, I need a time out. You know what I told him? You is a fool. That will fly over good. He said, why, why, why you say that? You don't need a time out. It's time to intensify. And people don't want to hear it. I am tired playing in the church. I'm tired. <laughs> you better go on. You put your hand on a plow. Don't come to me and complain. I want to quit. 
Well, they ain't paying me enough. Let me tell you something. Ministry pays a chump change here on this earth. But look out when I step into heaven. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I will be greater than Bill Gates and Donald Trump put together. Great is my reward. People. And nowadays, oh, the musicians get on my nerves. In Tulsa, young man, listen to me. They, they, they have a deal. And they pass around the churches. And the word is the ongoing rate. Ongoing rate for a keyboard player, for a bass guitar, for a lead guitar, for a drummer, for a saxophone, trumpeter. I said the ongoing rate is, that's the door. Are you in a ministry to make money? There ain't no, let me tell you, newsflash, there ain't no money in a ministry. Ministry is a lot of hell. Lot of pain, lot of betrayal, lot of rejection. But Jesus said, a servant is no greater than the master. If they have done to me, they will do it to you. So shut up and press on. God will take care of me. When I became a pastor, let me tell you one story, then I go on. When I became a pastor, Pastor Buddy Harrison called me in his office. I already knew in 1980 that I was going to be the pastor. It took them 14 years to figure it out. Just a thought. They brought this guy, this guy, everybody gone. All the, and he said, look here, uh, uh, we were giving $5,000 to the pastor who was before you. And we was doing this. We was giving our $7,500. Uh, but uh, we cannot give you that much. We give you 2000 I said, I never did ask you. And I signed up. To be a pastor. Not only that. I paid the previous pastor. $5,000 for one year. While I was getting $2,000. Tell me. Whether you called or not. So I'm not telling you something. Which we don't leave. Apostle Mike. and We, we leave what we talking. You know. Let, okay. Here's the bottom line. Why I'm so intense. And why I preach with such a tenacity? Because I'm preaching what I live. That's why I have full conviction. But if you're just messing around and doing this and that and all that, you ain't going to have no fire inside you to preach nothing. What are you saying, pastor? It's not time. To take a time out. Did you hear me? I've been working in a nursery for 10 years. Well, go on, work some more. When nobody is promoting me. You want people to come and pat on your shoulder? I thought Hebrews 6 and 10 says, God is not unfaithful. God is not, uh, but he will bless you. He will reward you. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. You don't need a time out. You need to intensify. All right. Now that was my introduction for about 20 minutes. And now my message. I told you I'm going to be nice. Uh, Let's go to 2 Timothy. I'm just going to break it down and give you a few words. And a fourth chapter. You need to read the whole fourth chapter whole fourth chapter because these are the last words of commando call Paul these are his last words that's what the historian says and 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 you know when he said this young people when you talk to the young young preacher you say I charge you be instant season out of season preach the word we already know that so I ain't talking about that I am not wasting my time and then we preach this one only at the funeral Oops. I don't know why we preach this at a funeral. Verse 7. I have fought a good fight. That dude was not even listed in army. And we preach at that funeral. Oh, he's a, oh his soldier has gone home. He got no soldier gone home. At my church, you have to hear me preach at the funerals. 
Oh, I, uh, you was living for God. I ain't going to tell you he was living for God. But all the preachers, they preach this one. Oh, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race and I kept the faith. No. 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 Paul said, fight I have fought. Race I have finished. Faith I have kept. Now this man, just study his life. You know what he went through. And hear you. Mm-mm. So that's not what I'm talking about pressing on. Then he talks about, you know, he talked about, listen to this. That dude is all right. He said, they're going to chop my head off. I'm ready to be poured out. Remember in the beginning, he said, I don't know whether I want to die or go on to heaven. He said, for your sake, I'm going to stay here. But now he said, you know what? I'm ready to go on. Watch it now. What an awesome statement. Why he was pressing on. He said, Nero will call you tomorrow and he's going to chop your head off. But what he say is this, where I am going, I don't need this head attached to the body. I'm going for a crown of righteousness up there. That's why you press on. That's why you press on. So this is all introduction. Now my point, this is very practical application which I have put in my life and it works for 40 years in order for you to press in. Prophetic message is over. Here is a pastoral counseling and I'm going to be nice and then be out of your way. Number one. In this journey from earth to heaven you will have problem, you have obstacle but know this. Verse 9 Verse 13 and verse 21, Paul is asking Timothy, son, come quickly. Come, come. What are we learning here? The first point is this. Do not isolate yourself in this journey. Apostle Mike said it this morning. Iron sharpeth iron. You don't need no 2,000 knuckleheads on your Facebook. All you need is three people or four people who will check you every time and ask you hard questions. That's what we call accountability. In order for you to proceed, you need accountability partner. Like Brother Mike say, those who have walked longer with God than you. Word of God says in the first king, he that is putting on an armor, don't go in the front of a soldier who just came from a battlefield and he won the battle with the scars on his armor. Don't go and boast in front of him. What you need, you need, you need to surround yourself with some mighty man or woman of God. Invite them in your life. Stay closer to them. You know why? When you get too cold, just get near the fire and you will catch it. I wish someone's soul will catch on fire tonight. Why do you think I hang around this pastor who pastored for 55 years? I don't want to talk to a pastor who jumped three church in three years. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I'm looking for some stable through hell and high water, they are still standing. Now that's the one I can talk to. Those who are not playing games. Here is the bottom line. Those who are serious about God and about serious about going to heaven, these are the people you need to talk to. That was point number one. 
Point number two. Okay, that was verse. Uh, I gave you the word. Point number two. Uh, chapter 410, 2 Timothy 410. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica, whatever happened. Let me tell you something. Point number one, you need to surround yourself with some hot in the spirit man or woman of God. Number two, all those who have left you, let me prophesy, get over it. That's a prophecy. You are not smiling. All those who have left you. Get over it. I don't know about the Mike. But I know Apostle Mike. I know. He poured his life. Into this young man. And young couple. Poured life. Hours and hours. Finances after finances and all that. They're gone. What is my counsel? Get over it. In my own church. But the mic knows. See because I shared this thing with him. When this thing happened. I called him. The man who stayed in my house. And his wife and family. For 20 years. I took him all over the. United States. As a matter of fact, he was about to go to Philippines with me. And one night, listen to this. One Wednesday night, I'm about to preach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire at 7 o'clock. At 6.55, he said, Doc, can we go in your office? I said, yes. I went over there. He put all the keys of the church. He put the keys to my house. He put my security code. He put all those things. And he did like this. You are living you. After 20 years. It hurt like hell. I got on my knees. And I heard the Holy Ghost say. Get over it. So I am not telling you what I haven't gone through. Ask this apostle. How many times we talk about the people from villages he brought to the camp and, and blessed them and all that. And then they, they got whatever. In the last days, they will be deceived. So don't blame yourself. If you're walking on the straight and narrow road and preaching the uncompromised word of God, there will be division. Jesus said, I did not come here to bring peace. I came here to bring a division. When that happens, people leave. Get over it. You know why? They left. But I know one who never we heard it this morning. Hebrews 13 and 5. The lover of my soul. The one who died for me. The head of the church. The commander in chief. He said behold. I will never. Never ever leave you. Not forsake you. Isaiah 43 said. When you go to the water. When you go to the flood. When you go to the fire. I am with you. Listen to me. Somebody broke your heart. Get over it. I know that's not a good counsel. But. Phew, you need to grow up. Well, I was in love with this girl and she left. Well, more power to her. Gone. I don't cry over idiots. I'm sorry. I got other things to do in my life. Like talk to somebody about salvation. Than worrying over an idiot who is rebelling against God. And watch it. They might go and some. Under that hiring, we'll hire them. And they think they got a ministry. Let me tell you something. When a prodigal son leaves, he was working in a pig farm and he was calling a ministry. Oh, smoke that in your pipe. No, no. Uh, do, do you see what I'm saying? Huh? He was working in a pig farm and he was walking around saying, Oh, I got a ministry. When daddy had all that thing going on. Huh? Get over it. 
get over it. I know this is a message for the minister, but you are a minister. Get over it. Get over it. We are all deigned to be betrayed. And thank God when they betray you, they are pushing you closer to your destiny. Talk to Joseph. The brother betrayed him. That's how he got closer to the throne. You betray me, I'll kiss you and say, friend. See, I'm going to call, uh, like Apostle Mike was talking to Peter, Satan. Listen to this. He called, listen to this. He called Peter, Satan, and Judas, who was betrayed him. He said, my friend. So those who break your heart and walk off you and leave you and betray you. Huh? Thank God. I am a better man today, not because of all the people who love me. I'm a better man today because all those who hated my guts, that kept me on my knees, that kept me on fasting, that kept me on praying and praying in tongues for hours, for them knuckleheads. I said, thank you. Because if you had not let, done what you did, I'd be doing something like watching Clint Eastwood. I'm just being real with you. But because you left me after me pouring 20 years of my life. You you know what? I said, wow, Lord. That kept me on my knees. Broke. You think that bothered me? What happens to my wife? She cooked for them. Done all these things. Huh? But we go, let me tell you something. Is there not a bomb in Gilead? There is a hand of God that will heal you of any wound. Deeper the relationship. Deeper the wound. But there is a nail scar hand of the Lord Almighty God. He will heal your pain. Press through it. Get over it. Number three. Then in verse 11, he say, only Luke is with me. Get Mark. Bring him with you. Mark. Mark. That Mark. In Acts the 15th chapter. That Mark. Homesick Mark. Wanted his mama Mark. But guess what? Demas left the ministry. Mark did not. He hung around. So what do I learn? As a man of God, as a prophet of God, as a pastor. This is my responsibility in the last days. I need to encourage, restore, lift up all those who are recovering from their failures. You will run into some of the ministers. They've done some stupid, ignorant thing. But I'm not going to hold that against them. When they truly, genuinely repent, I'll be there to restore them. We are the only army who kill our wounded and leave them. But like I said, I came from Tulsa here looking for few commandos for Christ. We are Delta forces. We coming after you. We going to come and get you wounded or not. We will pour oil and wine on you and we will restore you. Demas left. Get over it. But the one who comes genuinely repented. And say you know what. Mm. But here is the heart of a pastor. Heart of a man of God. Paul say. Bring him. Because he is a useful. To me. In my ministry. Wait a minute do you are going to die tomorrow. How is he going to be useful to you. When you are going to die tomorrow. Here we go. Maybe. He wanted to lay his hot hands on Mark before he died. He said, I'm going to multiply my anointing. Not only on you, Timothy, bring the little joker with him. Let me put something on him so both of you can go and obey God. I don't lay hands on folks. Mm -mm, I don't. But when I do, hey, I'm responsible. Number one, Isolate yourself with hot, red hot, red hot men and women of God. Number two, stop having your pity party. I'm not coming. Don't send me no invitation. God is not coming either. 
the party is over so get over it third one please give out mercy give out mercy to the wounded and those who have failed help them out help them out help them out help them out number 4 point number 4 we doing good time wise number 4 verse 14 Alexander the copper smith did me much harm may the lord repay him according to his works you also must be aware of him for he has greatly resisted our world what is my fourth point don't worry about your haters I don't know how you all talk here but that's how we talk in the streets. Huh? Don't worry about your haters. They hate you. Well good because you're going somewhere. You got something we they don't have it. Don't worry about your haters. But please, please don't try to get even with them. Let the Lord handle all your critics. If they ain't criticizing you, you ain't preaching. Hello If they are not criticizing you you are not preaching because he already told you in Timothy he say in the last days he say they will look at the word they will heap up themselves teachers that word heap up is the same word in Luke 6:38 given shall be given unto you good measure pressed down shaken together running over and that is what going on he say in the last days people of god will find the teachers they will tell you what you want to hear that's the difference between us and everybody else we tell you what you need to hear not what you want to hear so when they criticize oh i get this all day long you too hard next you don't care line up next You don't love people. Did you hear me? Why I am so hard? Because Bible says because you are a son God chastens you. But if you was a bastard, he will leave you alone. Because you are not a bastard. You are a child of God. That's why take your beating and change. Because God is not going to change. It's for your own good. Remember your mama used to tell your tale of it hurts me more than it hurts you no it don't get over it we're not here to please people did you hear me we're going to press on press through because we want to please only one remember paul say for this reason i press on for the purpose he has called me i want to accomplish that purpose that's why i press on and press through god will, and again not in your strength number 1 surround yourself with the hot man and woman of god number 2 get over number 3 give out mercy restore 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 number 4 uh, don't worry about your haters let god handle all your critics but you have to warn the next generation i have some young minister preaching and i tell them watch over that big mouth oh sorry uh, that's why i tell them watch over that big mouth always want to prophesy huh you better shut your mouth sit down am i against prophecy no because you are prophesying in the flesh getting all the attention on you uh uh-uh. uh So you want this young man. Well, is it gossiping? No. It is protecting your son, protecting your destiny, protecting your imparted gift inside them. That's what Paul is saying. Oh, I see that one went over very good. So let me go to the next point and be done with it. That's my last point. People always say, well, ben, you, you talk about that woman or that man. I ain't talking about her. I'm talking about her action. In order to protect my son, protect the anointing, he's going to carry my mantle. And who are you to mess that one up? I'd rather offend you. 
than offering God. I don't think I'm coming next year, am I? Last one. Last one. 16 says, At my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. That's what I'm saying. Let the haters be. Don't worry about them. Verse 17. Now, that's my point. But the Lord stood with me, strengthened me, so that the message might be preached fully. Why are we pressing on? For preaching the message through me, and that all the Gentiles might hear also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Not from lion, from mouth of a lion. He was one swallow away from being gone. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. This is my last point. Ministry is not about you. Ministry is all about God. In the natural, listen to me, in the natural, a servant comes and asks the master, what do you want me to do? And then he goes and does it. In the natural, in the spirit, you go ask the master what you want me to do and he works through you. Did you get that? His plan and his purpose, he will tell you what to do and then he's going to help you. Philippians, the second chapter. It is God who does both to will and to do his pleasure. So my last point is this. God will help you fulfill your assignment. I'm not worried about what happens. I know in whom I have believed he is faithful. He will see me through. I keep my eyes. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. I keep my eyes on Jesus. It is all about the Lord. He strengthens me. He will stand by me. He rescue me. He deliver me. And you know what? Come what may this year. God is with me and I am with God. I am abiding in him and he will see me through. See me through. So all I am saying, folks, we have to reach the world. We have to reach the world for Jesus. The way, the truth, and the life. In Tulsa, one guy asked me, a church-going guy asked me, why are you so, so dogmatic about Jesus? As long as they are seeking God, they are all right. I said, do you read your Bible? Yeah, I do. Jesus died for all. I said, yeah, the same one who died for all says, there are two destinations, one heaven and one hell. And he told you, few, few, mark my word, few will find that one. And all these jokers, Everybody is going to heaven. Mm -mm, they are not. They are not. They are not. So, my prayer for you, have a backbone, have some true grit, catch on fire, burn for Jesus, don't worry about the haters, get over your past is gone. Take the sting out of your past. I remember what happened. But you know what? It don't work me over. Like it did when that happened. It's over. Get over it. God loves you. Press on. Press through. God is with you. And we will be alright. Why? My past is gone. But my future is awesome. Future is beautiful. Heaven is waiting for me. Not only heaven. And my last statement. People say, well, I'm going to go to heaven. Jesus didn't say you're coming to heaven. Whoa. What did he say? 
in John 14, verse 1, 2, 3. He said, I'm going to go prepare a place for you so I come back and take you to myself. I'm not going to heaven. I'm going to Jesus. Because heaven is not heaven without Jesus. And I thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Can't wait. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he gets. Life of obedience. Life of obedience. Folks, let us buckle up. Like I said, time for you to shine is here. God will shine through you. Shine through you. All I am saying, just be available. Open your eyes and ears and God will set up a stage. Amen? Amen. I'm done.